Well, good morning. It's a joy to get to worship with you all today. My name is Zach Thompson, and I'm on staff here at uh, Calvary Bible Church. I was thinking this past week of the opportunity that we had uh, last Sunday to gather as some of the leaders, some of the volunteers of this church, and just share what we've seen God do here in our first seven months, eight months together, uh, however far away January 17th was. And it's been so encouraging to see God's faithfulness in this place. We've talked about how uh, kids' ministry, this is an exciting week for them as they not only are launching a new curriculum, but as need arises, being able to separate and offer uh, programming to kids' all the way up to fifth grade. This is quite a bit different from uh, January when we had nothing. Uh, And so we're really excited about that. Uh, Thinking about uh, women's ministry, where they have gotten too big. We, We now need to add another Bible study in. And speaking of adding things, you might have noticed, or maybe you didn't because we were out of here the last three weeks, but we added another row in here because we keep running out of space. Now, I get it. You're looking around. It's like there's seats everywhere. Uh, I mean, second service. We keep running out of space, second service. Uh, and we're trying to get them to come over this way, but we'll see how that goes. But it's just been so encouraging to see this. People are coming. And I'm not one who's particularly bothered by number of people, but the encouragement is that people are coming and knowing Jesus more. They're finding places where they can be known and know others. They're, they're finding places that they could use the giftedness that God has given each one of us to serve others inside and outside of this church, and that is encouraging. That is so good to get to see that happening. And it's all kind of led up to this month, which has been really good, but really difficult, as each Sunday has been unique and, and a, a new challenge to get to navigate. I think of two weeks ago when we were out on the lawn and we got to gather with the two other churches that worship in this building, La Familia de Dios and Uri Church, and we get to come together and worship the same God that gets worshiped in this building at different times during the week. And actually, since that time, we've allowed another church to come in and and use this building as well. But it's just a reminder of how uh, unique experience it has been to get this building uh, to use it and what God has been doing here and, and the great joy that it brings us to get to serve others by letting them use the building. I think of last week with our Connect and Serve Expo, where we got to uh, show some ministries that were just a dream. They were just a hope that we would someday get to them. Well, they're now here, and and they're being celebrated, and people are joining them, and that's so good to get to see that happening. Uh, This Sunday, after second service, we get an opportunity to just get to to eat food and play games together as a church. And in the past year and a half, if if it's taught me anything else, it's we should never undervalue the, the ability to find joy and laughter with friends and a church family. So I encourage you, please come back for that after second service, or, you know, you can always stick around and help set up, whichever works best for you. But think uh, of next week as well, where we're starting our new series in the book of Hebrews, and the, the reminder that it is that we want to go to the Bible for all that we do. We want to see what is God teaching us from that. That is our source of all things. The Sunday, though, that sticks out to me the most of this month that I find the most encouragement in is August 2nd, our first lawn service that we had together. This was uh, Justin and Dakota were on vacation. 
This was, Matthew is just a few days away from welcoming his son who was, who was born. This is, I was preaching in Boulder, so I was in a different town. A, a little bit of a further extension, but Pastor Perry preached here. He found out he'd be doing that on Thursday. And despite all of that going on, we knew that the leaders of this church, with almost all of the staff out or distracted, we knew that they'd be able to present a place where people could worship and connect more with Jesus, and that happened. So I find so much joy in that, that it's not about us. It's not my face that needs to be in the front. It's not the staff that has to be doing this. God is working in the people of this church, and that is so good to see that. We've simplified our message over this uh, time as well, where we are focusing on who is God calling us to be as a church, and, and focusing on the places that we can plug in, where we can grow, where we can serve, and it's been really good to do this. Again, we're a young church. We need to be reminded of what is it that God is calling us to do. It's easy to get distracted by all that we could be doing if we don't have a focused uh, vision of what God is calling us to do, it's, it's easy to get derailed, and, and that's how church plans fa fail. So it's been so good for us to simplify our message of who is God calling us to be and, and recognizing that we are building Christ-centered communities of people fully devoted to loving God and loving others. And we've been focusing on that. Well, how do we do that? It's we make disciples, we empower leaders, we multiply churches, and we've really wanted to focus on this message be in such a young church, reminding ourselves of who we think God is calling us to be. But it's important that to take a pause in that, because as we've been focusing on this, as we've been talking about the places to connect in this church, the places to serve in this church, it's important that we remember that all of this is a response. Why we do this, why we do these things, it's all a response to who we have seen God be and what we have seen God do. And if we miss focusing on that, if we miss going back to uh, this is the reason why we gather and celebrate and worship, and it's because of God that we do that, if we're just building up these, these phrases, then we've really missed what we're trying to go for in this. We missed our entire source as a church. I think Gary did a good job describing this. If you were with us on the lawn two weeks ago or even the online service, he used this illustration for serving, that as water is poured into a cup, the more that gets added to it, it starts to overflow on everything around it. The idea is this, God provides so much for us. God loves and cares for us so much that we serve others out of that overflow. He is giving us more love than we could possibly imagine. It's not just a larger cup pouring into a smaller cup, it's Niagara Falls. That's the amount of love that God shows for us. And we love others out of that overflow, the pouring out that comes from it. We care for others because we have been so deeply cared for that that spills out of our lives in caring for other people. We make disciples because we have been so shaped by Jesus that as we go to other places, there is no other response than to help shape and guide those people as well. But if in this time that we are focusing on this mission statement, if we're focusing on our values and we have been disconnected from the source of that, the lifeblood of it, the entire reason why we're able to do this, then we have missed it. So I want to focus our time today on who is God and what has he done. And one of the most clear passages I think that shows us this is Psalm 103. 
Now, it's a kind of a longer passage, and I'm just going to read the whole thing. And I know that might be a little bit difficult, but as we said, the Bible is the source of all that we do, so we should be able to focus on, on a longer chunk, right? We're good with that? It's really important that we're good with it, because I'm going to ask some follow-up questions, so make sure you're following with me. It'll be on the screen. If not, it uh, might be easier to read with me if you have it either digitally or physically in front of you, but I'm going to read Psalm 103. It says this, Bless. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. Uh, So bless means to praise or to exalt with reverence. It's important that we get that. So praise or bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, your sins, your shortcomings, where we fail in life who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He makes known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He's not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, and he remembers that we are dust." As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower in the field, for the wind passes over it and it's gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting to those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, and all the places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So as you hear that passage, what sticks out to you? What descriptions of who God is and what he has done have an impact on you? And this is actual audience participation. So I'm excited to hear what sticks out to you from this passage. Faithfulness? Yeah, absolutely. I'll get to that in a little bit. Pardons all our guilt. Pardons all our guilt. Yeah, get to that one as well. Hmm, his mercy, absolutely, everlasting, everlasting. There is no end to it. So it moves our sin, knows us, absolutely. It's really good. A couple more. Hmm, that's good. That's good. Anyone else? Yeah. Hmm, that's good. Yeah. He is for everlasting. We have been made by him. Yeah, absolutely. So two stuck out to me, and they were said, but, but I want to spend a little bit of time on, on them as well. So uh, when I look at this, who God is and what he's done, what stuck out to me is the forgiveness of God and the love slash compassion of God. 
For forgiveness, it's one of the first works that's mentioned that God does for His people. Uh, And and it was said already uh, in verse 12. Let let me reread that for us. It says, As far as the east is from the west, so far does He remove our transgressions from us, our sins, our wrongdoings, our shortcomings in life. The idea is there is always some place to the east. There is always some place to the west. They never come together at any point. And in fact, in, in the ancient understanding, west went on forever. That's east. East went on forever, and west went on forever as well in the opposite direction. So there is never a place where they were within any proximity to each other. In the same way, God forgives us and removes our wrongdoing so much from us that it is not even seen to be in proximity to where we are. We hold on to our wrongdoing so often. We hold on to our sins and guilt and shame, but God does not treat us that way. There is no wrongdoing, no sin, no transgression, no iniquity, whatever word we want to use for it. There is nothing that God is unable to forgive. Instead, he forgives all who come to him in repentance, forgiving everything that we could ever do against him. He forgives us who repent to him. We have this idea that we need to clean ourselves up before we can go to God, but that is never, ever true. God does all of that work for us. And why? Why does he do this? Well, this is the other piece that stuck out to me. This is the love or the compassion that God shows to us. And this is all over this passage. Uh, Verse 8, it says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in what? Steadfast love. Exactly right. Verse 11, uh, As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his... Thank you, Emily. I really appreciate that. Yes, steadfast love. 13, uh, the Father shows compassion to his children. Same idea as love in there. And in verse 17, the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. His love is all over this passage. And it really is the greatest source of why we turn to this God. Why can we trust God? Well, because he loves us. Why does he forgive us? Well, because he loves us. Why do we live for him and him alone? Because he loves us. Again, we talked about it. The amount of love that he pours on us is innumerable. It is as if we are standing below Niagara Falls without the pain and the crippling of bones and all that stuff. We just receive his love that is poured out excessively upon us. I think back to the source of, or the, the reason for this entire psalm. I see it in, in verse 2. It says, forget not all his benefits. So as we are focusing on who God is and what he has done, we receive so much from, from him, all joy and love and care and compassion and forgiveness and redemption. And so we go to him in this time that we're focusing on who is God calling us to be as a church? What is God calling us to do? And this is all coming because of who God is and what he has done. And so let us not forget the benefits of this God. 
But we don't just want to remember who God is and what he's done when we're focusing on what it is to be a church. We need this reminder in all things. We are a forgetful people. We can easily forget that God is the source of all that we do. He's the entire reason why we worship and gather and celebrate together. It's why we, we look back on what God has done over these past seven or eight months and we rejoice in him because he is the cause of all that. And because he is the only one who can love and heal and forgive and redeem and, and, be, and satisfy us as this passage talks about. So in this time that we've been focusing on who is God calling us to be as a church, we need to always remember that this is not an errant. This is not perfect. This is not something special, but it is what we think God is, uh, what God is calling us to do. And we want to do this in response to who he is and what he has done. And everything that we're talking about, why do we do any of this? We always want to go back to God as the source. Now, having done that, having looked at God as the source, Please forgive me for going through one more time of showing the places that we can connect and we can serve in this place. We've, we've talked about this a lot. There's a lot of places to connect. Life groups are launching. This is a, a group of people in a similar life stage or, or intentionally different life stages where we can look at the text of Scripture, where we can uh, share what's going on in our life and find support, and, and uh, we need that. We have men's and women's Bible studies going on. If you're a student, Wednesday nights, we have an option for you to get connected. We all need these places. We all need a place where we can know others and we can be known by others. Even the most introverted of us, we need people in our lives. And the Christian life is doubly so. We cannot be expected to live in the way God calls us to in isolation, there's a lot of one another's in the Bible. It's hard to do a one another if you're by yourself in a room. And we, so we need people in our lives to be known and to know others. And there are places to find connection like that here. There are places to serve both in this church and outside of us. And the reason for this, each of us has been uniquely gifted. You are valuable because your God, your creator has made you so. And in response to that, we use those gifts that have been given to us to serve one another for his glory. And so where are you passionate? Where are you gifted? Where do you have abilities? Maybe that's teaching, or maybe that's uh, running slides during a, a worship service. Maybe that's making coffee, or you love kids and pointing them to Jesus. Wherever you have been gifted, there's a place to use those gifts to build each other up. You are made uniquely the way that you are by God, and so we use those gifts in response to Him. Now, I get it. There is a lot going on, especially this season. School is back. Uh, there are offices that are opening up e even more. Uh, the sports schedule is, is ramping up as if it ever slowed down. It, so there is so much going on, and, and I recognize that. I recognize that it's hard to add one more thing. But these are good things. And as we notice that greater truth of who God is and what he has done, the only natural response is to live in response to this God. With him as the source, with him as the entire reason why we gather and spur each other on for holiness and find hope and support in community. As we see more of this God, the step is to be with people and the step is to care for other people. And I know it's adding one more thing. And if in the midst of your busy schedule, you are finding places that you can connect with other Christians and serve other people, that is excellent. 
if you are at a stage when you are waiting for things to die down, I don't think they ever will. And to talk about that, I want to go to one other passage. Uh, It's Ecclesiastes chapter 11. If you're still open to Psalm 103, you could just flip over to the right uh, a a little bit, and you'll get to Ecclesiastes chapter 11. This this book of the Bible, it's this, uh, this author who is at the end of his life looking back at what life is, what this world is, and giving wisdom throughout. There's a little bit of pessimism, but mostly wisdom about what this world is. And as we get to verses 4 and uh, 5 and 6, you get almost like a proverb, this wise saying uh, to give to the, the following generations after this author. Let me read verses 4 and 6. It says, He who observes the wind will not sow. He who regards the clouds will not weep. Jump to verse 6. In the morning, sow your seed. At evening, withhold not your hand. For you don't know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Let let me try to explain what I I think this passage is saying. So when when I was in fourth grade, my family moved to a new house. And one of the features of this house is that it came with an orchard. And by orchard, I mean about five fruit trees that was in like its own little fenced off area, but we called it an orchard. And we were so excited when we moved there. We thought we're going to get our own apples and peaches from here. That's so cool. And we were given new chores uh, to take care of this area. We needed to pull the weeds. We needed to do some pruning. We needed to uh, make sure the drip system was working. We needed to put things up to scare away scavengers, all, all the usual things like that. But as each year passed, we thought the novelty of it, uh, the novelty of it wore off more and more. And we started to neglect our duties a little bit. And weeds started to grow to the point where it looked like an actual orchard. There were these other trees. Oh, wait, they're just weeds. Uh, And in so doing, they sucked all the nutrients out of the soil. But we had rodents and birds and other critters that we could never identify come by all the time. The gate to it started to rust shut because we didn't use it, which is always fascinating. The less you use something, the less usable it became over time. And we were telling ourselves, oh, there's just so much going on. We, we don't have the time to care for this orchard properly. But one of the most fascinating things happened every year. Fruit. Fruit continued to grow on these trees despite our constant neglect. In fact, one of the, the, or the peach trees produced so much on it and we cared for it so little that half of the tree collapsed. There were branches that had fallen down under the weight of how much fruit had grown there. And then the next year, fruit still grew from that collapsed branch. Yes, we left a collapsed branch there for a year. As I said, we neglected the thing. But it's, it's amazing to think of how much was coming out of this area that we cared about so little. And this is so contrasted to others who, when they're planting, do everything right They add the proper nutrients to the soil. There's pruning to make sure the plant is is growing in the right and healthy way. You make sure you never plant until after Mother's Day, ever. And yet, those plants can still fail, even with all the work that is done into it, even with uh, taking care of it in all the ways that you're supposed to, a plant can still die. And yet, neglected trees can produce more fruit than we could ever imagine. Now, we can all agree that that first person, the one who's taking care of things properly, the one who's being a good steward, uh, who's setting themselves up better for success, that's the better way to go. But there's so much in planting that we don't have any control over. 
And yet we like to trick ourselves into thinking that we do. Mother's Day has passed. Ah, oh, but there's a storm coming up. Maybe we should wait off on that. Or uh, this might not be the right time to do it. Uh, maybe we should wait until after this holiday to do it, uh, just, just to be really safe. And we eventually get to snow again, and we miss the entire planting season. With us waiting to, for perfection, with us waiting until things go the exact right way, we actually wait so long that we miss out. And that's what I think verse 4 is saying in Ecclesiastes 11. He who observes the wind, he who looks for things to be just right, well, he won't sow, he won't plant any seeds. He who regards the clouds, who is, who is looking for a sign, is this the right time? Well, he won't reap, he won't harvest. In the same way that if we wait for things to be perfect, we will wait ourselves to death. If we sit around waiting for a sign, we'll get bed sores. Instead, the encouragement is verse 6. In the morning, sow your seed. In the evening, withhold not your hand, for you don't know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. So the encouragement is here. If you are waiting for something to be perfect, just do it. Just do the work that we've been called to do. Not blindly, not unintelligently, but if we're waiting around forever, or if, we wait, if we're waiting around, we will be waiting around forever. So the encouragement is to just do that action. Well, how do we get there? How do we get from uh, waiting around to doing the action? How do we get from verse 4 to verse 6? Well, it is quite simply verse 5. Let me read verse 5 for us. As you do not know the way the Spirit comes into the bones and the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. There is so much that we are unaware of what God is doing. There is so much that we can't see. In the same way that a child is formed within a womb out of sight, but getting eventually to see the result of it, God is always working. And so if we are waiting for the perfect time, if we are waiting for a perfect sign from God of now is the time that God is working, well, here's the encouragement. God is always working. He is the one who makes all things. He is the one who is is deserving of all the glory. He is our source of all that we do. So that is the encouragement. This is a tough time for many to jump into things, and there will never be a better time. The thing with serving is that it will always be inconvenient. It works within us uh, against the part that focuses just on ourselves. The thing with connecting is that it's always difficult to get along with people, even the best of friends. You think your schedule is hard? Try getting 11 people in a room to agree on one night to meet together. It's always difficult, and yet it's so good that we do that. You might not even be with people that you would have picked, and yet there is so much good that can come from being with people like that in your life. See, the church, you need the church, and the church needs you. We all need a place where we are known and where we can know others, because we cannot live in isolation. We cannot live in the good way that God is calling us to live. And we have all been gifted. We all have unique abilities that we can use to care for others for his glory. See, again, to return to that illustration that Gary used of water pouring into a cup and it overflowing on everyone else around us. That is how it's designed to be. And so we need people to experience that, the outpouring of God pouring out onto other people and connecting and serving. But if we don't have that, 
If we don't have those people in our life that we are caring for, that we are known by, that we can know them, well, what else happens when we get too much water? We drown. So the encouragement is to find this as a place to be connected to, to be serving. There are still cards out in the lobby of all the places that, that you can know and know other people. There's, there's uh, on the flip side of it, all the places that you can use the giftedness that God has given you to, to plug in, to care for other people in this church and encourage you to do some of that. And find someone with a name tag afterwards and, and ask to pray. Pray, where is it that God is calling me to, to connect, to serve? Uh, as you come back after second service or you stick around and help set up, uh, as we are eating barbecue and ice cream and playing lawn games, uh, find someone around you and ask, how do you navigate your schedule to have this happen? Where are you connected to? Where are you serving? This isn't to create shame or guilt or to make people uncomfortable, but it's, again, we need each other in order to live the life that God is calling us to. So use us as a resource to figure out what that looks like in your life. We need places that we can know and know other people. We need places that we can serve. We need places that we can grow in a deeper understanding of who God is and what he has done. And the end goal of that is not to build Calvary's name. It's not to build a brand. It's instead so that we can all join together and and praise in the same way that Psalm 103 ends, which says, Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works and all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let me pray for us. Father, we are so grateful for what you have done in this church. You have so outshone us in faithfulness. And so we look in turn to respond to who you are and what you have done. We focus on this time of who you are calling us to be, the places you are giving us where we can connect, where we can serve, not because these are the best, not because we do the best programs here, but we do it in response to what you have already done. We do it in response to who you are, that you love us more than we can possibly imagine. You care for us, you guide us, you support us, you forgive us, all that we see and the work that you are doing. And so the only possible response to that is to follow you, to live the life that you are calling us to live. Help us to see what you are calling us to. Help us to find places where we can know and know others, where we can use the gifts that you have given us so that we can be supported, so that we can be encouraged, but so that we can give you all the glory that you deserve. It's to you and you alone we pray. Amen.